Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Teeing It Up with CNB. We're not going to be teeing it up this week as far as golf talk. It's another week of strictly football, just how we like it. We're fully engrossed into the football season. Um, but let's talk to my co-host here. Vladdy, what's going on, man? You're in a very dark room. Are you okay? Are you in prison somewhere? Are you in solitary confinement? What's going on? No, I'm in a pretty light room. It's just the light's coming from the other side, so the camera doesn't see it. But... <laughs> Uh, I know that was a running joke for a while that my room looked like a prison cell because I have no decorations. So, um, sorry, Aaron, it, it is not a prison cell. It is a room, but no, I'm good. Uh, had a pretty good weekend. Obviously we went to the Michigan state game together. Um, as comically bad as it was, it's still kind of great to be in that stadium. You know, I, I remember when kind of, we sat down and there's a couple minutes to go before the, before kickoff and you kind of see the team run out thunderstruck, kind of all the traditions that you, at least that I remember from the kind of the four seasons I got to be a student, to, the, the student uh, to go to all those games. So it was kind of a very nostalgic feeling. It was great. Uh, I don't know. What was your take on the weekend? Uh, it was good. Uh, I don't necessarily uh, – it's another game. I've been to two of the three for Michigan State. Obviously, I think we'll talk a little bit later in the show about it, but it's like um, I don't find myself – like when I go to the game, I go to the game and I, you're, I honestly don't even pay attention too much to the game when I'm there. I'm so engrossed in kind of the atmosphere and being in the stadium and people watching that I don't end up. Also, I think uh, Saturday being as bad as it was, I didn't really want to pay attention. Um, but it's, it is always good. I, I just love doing it. It's just, it's, it's something to do with friends and to, uh, having school to root for for that I guess is is great even if they're going to lose 30 or be down 35 nothing in the first half um not so fun and then Sunday I just got to watch football so uh plenty to talk about on that front um so let's start with college because I think that as we said kind of before we hopped on that that's going to be kind of the quicker topic um not a single ranked team playing another ranked team uh, this past week, obviously, that's going to be a lot different next week. Uh, I think there's four or five ranked teams playing seven. other ranked teams. Uh, seven, okay. Or it might be wow. six. I don't know if Clemson's yeah. ranked or not. Right. Um, but, yeah, none of that this week. Um, a couple of decent matchups, a couple of decent games. Again, being in it, being doing the tailgating thing, especially – for an awkwardly timed game like five o'clock, you don't, I don't really get to pay attention and actually sit down and consume it. Uh, I kind of just have Sunday morning storylines and highlight clips to uh, kind of go after. Uh, so that also kind of hurts my knowledge, I think, going into this week. But it was the week to do it because, like I said, uh, not much going on. We'll start, as we always do, with your surprise of the week. Um, your surprise for college football? Um. Hold on. Sorry. I got to scroll down to it. My college game, my, my college surprise league. Um, I guess I could have gone with Tennessee, but I'm honestly not shocked that they lost just because they, they <coughs> lose their quarterback, their receivers. There was so much talent for them to refill that I'm not shocked that, the, that they got upset. Um, my surprise of the week's Michigan State. I'm going to be honest. And just how bad they looked. Hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of, I it's the cynic fan in me that really like, I wish other people maybe saw this coming a little more. But like thirty, even I didn't see thirty-five to nothing at halftime. I mean, you looked up. I, I mean, I'd be talking to the person next to me, and you look up, and all of a sudden it's Michael Penix throwing for twenty-five yards. Michael Penix throwing for twenty-five yards. Uh, it didn't even feel like Michigan. We only were there for the first half, and it didn't even feel like Michigan State touched the ball in that first half. So I guess as far as that goes, yeah, surprised, um, but not surprised, especially with all that's gone down over the last eight days um, with the Mel Tucker stuff. It's 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 another waste of a season at this point. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. You can't – I think Washington – I'll also say this. Washington is a legit top ten team in the country. Um, I think they have arguably the second – I think they're they have arguably the second best quarterback in the entire country in Phoenix yep. right now. I agree. Um, uh, and he can just air it out, and they have a lot of talent that he can throw it to and spread the field out, and they make the field feel like it's a million yards wide when you're trying to play against them. Um, 
but 35 nothing at half that's a max school would put up a better fight than that against them yeah um my thoughts on the game were kind of similar along that like i'm not even necessarily shocked like i I'm I'm more optimistic between the two of us, or I was more optimistic on the season. I was like I was kind of the guy that said, you know what, why not wake up and have a day? They have to come across the country. Why don't you show them how it's done? And then you were kind of the guy of like, hey, like we're not gonna touch Michael Penix. We're not gonna come close to this team. Um, I was more surprised about just how bad the offense was. Like they couldn't move yeah. the ball at all. No, at, at all. Um, I think the if I remember correctly, one of the few first downs they got in the first half was due to penalties. You had you had uninspiring play calls. You had just poor execution. I don't know if I don't know if it's the talent gap between playing, let's say, a Richmond and a Central, and then going to play a Washington that like makes some of the plays that you run against them just look better, or if it's just suddenly you're scared because Washington's on the other side and you have to respect their quarterback and you kind of you're like, oh my god, I don't want to make a mistake. And you and you do these stupid plays, but that was that that was shambolic. Um, Michael Penix, I mean, you say he's the second best quarterback in in, in the in in America right now. Um, the way he throws it with the precision, it does look like Tua. Just, just a couple of those passes, he was dropping. What? Just because he's left-handed? I mean, no, and the, no, just the accuracy. Like it's not like a. Oh, okay. I think the way the way Michael Penix moves the ball, he puts it where only his receivers can get it, and he hits these windows that yeah. other the other quarterbacks like. It's not like a quote unquote Josh Allen that's just brooding his way across the field and throwing these nine hundred yeah. yard passes all in the air. Like I, there was nine hundred mile an hour passes. Yeah, that too. too. Like it doesn't even feel like his arm is crazy that elite. Like it feels like there is some arc to these balls, but they're just always in the right spot, like you said. Yeah, so you mentioned arc. The one pass that I think struck me the most was I want to say it was the second quarter. They're coming down towards where we were sitting, and he dropped a little floater right towards our corner, and he kind of yeah, he, he yeah. kind of got it to dunk over our guy, and it fell right. At, like the precision is incredible. Now, obviously, you're right. There's definitely some placebo effect of, oh, it's a lefty. Might as well call him Tua. But I do think he plays a lot like it. Yeah. And I guess Same body like, type, like yeah. mo- mo- mobile, but not exactly a runner, I guess you would say. The, and the last thing I did want to say, just because I thought it was kind of funny, like, was when they got the ball back with, like, 50 seconds left at, like, the 30. Oh, God. And you, they're already up 28 nothing, And it's like, look, dude, just knee it out. We'll go to half. It'll be cool. And they ran down, they marched down the field in five plays, scored another touchdown. And yeah. at, I was kind of joking when I was, I was kind of sitting there screaming amongst fans, oh, that's classless, that's this. It's like, it's really not. It's not Washington's job to stop Washington. It's Michigan State's job to stop Washington. And they didn't stop them. So yeah. I have absolutely no issues with, that, with, with what that was. That was, I thought it was hilarious. Especially in the first half. I yeah. Mean- like but you're, you're doing, or if they do that, and I like with two minutes left in the game to go up forty-two nothing or thirty-five nothing, I'd be a little like whatever, maybe have some reservations about it. But like in the first half, like you said, stop them. Yeah, agree. Because you can't. And then I That's guess why the truly, you're Yeah, the, truly the last thing I do have to say was it was kind of funny. Um, I saw that the the, the big tight end he caught his third touchdown in the first half. And I just got up and walked to my left down the aisle. I didn't even stay for the kick. <laughs> yeah. That was that was yeah. bad. But um, not much more there for Michigan State. Uh, well, I think what we did last week was what, game of the week? Who's your, who's your college game of the week? Oh, can I get my surprise first? Oh, sorry. I kind of forgot. I, I kind of took over. My bad. So you kind of mentioned it. Um but I'm going to go the other way, and it's Florida for beating Tennessee. Okay. Um, I thought they were kind of uh, – not that the Anthony Richardson era was anything special at all, but obviously it, it coming losing a, a first-round pick quarterback on a, where you were already struggling in the SEC, uh, and then to go and beat Tennessee like that, uh, impressive. And I think it speaks more to probably leading into my bigger official surprise – and that the SEC continues to lack firepower this year outside of Georgia. Uh, Tennessee goes down to a, a very mediocre team that might win seven or eight games at the most in Florida. Uh, Alabama went down to Texas and lost last week. Or Sorry, they were at home and they lost to Texas. 
there's no firepower. I, LSU obviously lost to Florida State. They're a great team. Uh, the SEC has not looked good. And I think that's probably the biggest surprise for me going into this year is I thought this was a conference that was going to have two playoff teams. And then now it's looking like it's they're going to have one top 10 team when it's all said and done. Yeah, you mentioned Alabama. I mean, they were tied three to three with South Florida at halftime. Yeah. That's another one you did. I think it was 17 to three was the final or something yep. like that. Uh, and it's, again, not one I get to watch. But when you see the stat line, I think it was two different quarterbacks combined to complete like 39% of their passes for like 98 yards against <laughs> USF or something ridiculous like that. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's you know they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, um, so I'll, I'll kind of go into my top game. I think this is kind of a slam dunk answer. Uh, it's Colorado, Colorado State. Yep. Um, the nightcap, obviously. I'm going to I'm gonna let you talk about the game a little more because I was asleep for it. Yeah. I'm just going to say this about I'm already sick of Col- Deion Sanders. I'm already sick of him. And I think that's not his fault. He's a little corny. Don't get me wrong. I, I think I, I'm like 60% he's electric, 40% it's corny and already old. But I also think he's jam- he's been so jammed down our throats the first three weeks of the season that it's just like – but it, it's not even just the media, though. Going back to him, it's like – did you see, like, he had his mom and The Rock in the pregame speech today to the team? No. Like, and, the, and his and his, his mom was like, you I, I, you can talk about – I don't want to get mad when you say about things about two things. You guys and my mama. And now he didn't say anything directly about my mama, but he implied that she didn't raise me right or something like that. And then he like gives her the mic and, and she's just like, I raised him right. I did and not see it, that. It's just like, yeah. And then the rock gives some like corny, like, Hey gosh, coaches, coaches got a good thing going here. And it's just like, it's too, it's already too much for a team that, I mean, they won and that's all you, all that counts, especially at, in college at the end of the day, actually probably not so much in college, but obviously they're going to be tested here in the next couple of weeks. But I think they kind of proved with that game, at least to me, that they're maybe not the hype that we're giving them. I don't even think they're a top 10, t- 25 team. They're going to be scratching and crawling for a bowl game. Uh, I know I kind of go back and forth on this every week, whether they're going to win nine games or four, but right now I think they're going to win four. Yeah. Um, I guess the one thing I'll say is about that entire spiel. I'm very glad I didn't see it because that sounds atrocious. <laughs> this, uh, this kind of, that, that's almost like some like choir recital that, that you're like, Oh, he yeah. impugned my character. And then the choir in the back starts singing. He impugned my yeah. character. That sounds stupid. I'll, I, I'll stick I to will football. say the one thing that is cool. One thing that's cool about these speeches, sorry to cut you off is yeah. uh, when he does that, I'm sure you saw it from the first week is when he does that. Give me my theme music, and they just all <laughs> go crazy. Like I think that part is pretty cool still. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did actually stay up to watch this game, so I will be able to talk a little bit more about it. Um, Colorado State was in firm control of that game. I mean, firm control of that game, and then enter the fourth quarter, they just kind of stopped doing everything that they were doing. And just kind of did their little prevent bullshit, which I'm gonna get into this because I I think I think that's the single stupidest thing on planet Earth. But um, Jay Norvell, uh, dumbass, uh, I don't, coming out to like trash talk another grown man. Usually grown men don't do that. Yeah. Jay Norvell, if you're gonna call no. someone else a child, usually grown men don't call out grown men behind microphones. So you're an idiot. And then you it's back also like, it up. Like like Deanne's like San, Deanne has the like the weight of the country on his back yeah. right now. Like it was just bringing a whole on wrath yeah. to yourself. No, and then Jay Norvell did the single stupidest thing in my mind that a football coach can do. So they're up by eight with two minutes to go. Colorado gets the ball at Colorado's own two yard line. So they have 98 yards to go in two minutes. And obviously you kind of know the college rules where the clock might stop after a first down, but it does kind of keep, it, it is, it is vicarious. It keeps going. They played the stupid prevent soft cover two bullshit zone that every team plays in garbage time and gets burned with. And Shador Sanders got the dink and dunk his way down the sideline or down the field. They scored a touchdown, they got the two-point conversion, and then they went into overtime, 
and beat them. And that's where, for me, I, I know I said it to our group chat. I said it to other group chats. If you play prevent defense as a coach, and I was I was somehow your boss, whether it be an athletic director or the owner of a professional team, at any point, if I see you play some stupid ass defense when you when you're trying to kill uh, when you're trying to milk a lead at the end of a game, I'm firing you. It is the stupidest thing on planet Earth. Run the scheme that got you into the situation that got that that you where you are. For me, it is the same thing as not fouling in college basketball when you're up by three late in the game. You, it is malpractice to do so. You cannot do that. Argument, yeah. And so, I mean, cost Colorado State the game. Um, I don't really have much more to say. Jay Norvell, dunce of the week. I'm sure there might be an NFL one if I if I get his passion. Actually, I'm definitely going to get his passion about when we talk about the Lions. But, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Talking about the Pac-12, though, um, they're loaded. They have probably three to five Such quarterbacks. Such a wrong year for them to be loaded. Oh, they, they probably have three to five quarterbacks that would be the best quarterback in the Big Ten or the SEC. That's how deep they are. Yeah, I can think of three. Three for sure. I'm not sure I would if I would give Cam Rising that title or, or Shadir Sanders or who's your third one if, if it's not Cam Rising. Bo Nix probably. Fair. See, Bo I Nicks. had Cam Rising as a yes and Bo Nix as a maybe, and that's kind of where I had my three to five. So that's but but in any case, that's just the thing. They are loaded. I think next week there's three top twenty-five Pac-12 matchups all on the cards. It's I, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be worth staying up. I know we've said this time and time again. Well, we'll keep watching. But the last thing I'll say about college is you've got kind of the holy grail of college football upcoming with with the slate of games, and I'm excited to watch. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't have much to add either. I, I said this last week with the Pac-12 note. How pissed you if you're a Pac-12 like official or whatever the hell their titles are, and you – couldn't get anyone to buy you a TV deal, and now you got this freaking loaded conference that is like the SEC five, six years ago was. Yeah. And yeah. now they're all gone. They should have shouldn't have done that stupid subscription model. I don't know. But um to the to the NFL, let's do it. To the NFL. Where um, do we start? Do, do you want to just do you want to do our surprise and top game before we go into the Lions? Or do you want um, to just get into the Lions? Let's go surprise of the week. Actually, no, let's start with the Lions. Okay. Let, let's just let's just get okay. the yelling out of the way. You want to um, start? Or? The Lions lose 37. Yeah, the Lions lose 37-31 in overtime. Um, I kind of broke it down by what I saw. The offense looked nice. Jared Goff look good to be honest the he one did. mistake obviously the pick six he breaks his his streak i think he was like fourth or fifth active or like all time on that list for yep. passes without an interception it was like 400 um, plus attempts it was crazy yeah and it, it seemed like uh the blame has been on gibbs for the route i didn't necessarily see him they're saying he gave up on the route i didn't necessarily see it that way but Whatever. I guess it wasn't Garrett, Jared Goff's fault. But besides that, he was great. Amon Rock in and out of the game. Montgomery in and out of the game. He had to find other guys, other weapons all day long. He did. He mixed in balls to the tight ends, the Reynolds. Um, he really spread the Marvin Jones. Thankfully, didn't get a touch. Uh, <laughs> but the offense overall looked okay. And especially with an offensive line that I'm going to butcher his name. Bite. 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 Why can't Bite. I say it? Just say Bite. Bye tie, bye tie. Him going down early. Taylor Decker didn't play. Sewell was kind of bouncing around um, to do that and still score thirty-one points against a solid team. I I commend Goff. I actually think I'd give him a B plus or an A minus performance. Uh, that said, the defense the defense looked like this time of last year. There was bad tackling. There was no pass rush. I think they got one sack, and I don't, don't even know if it oh, counted no. as a sack. It's the nope. play where Geno Smith. It was the okay. They don't count that as a sack. The one with Geno Smith. Oh Swift yeah, well, I know what you're arena. talking about. Yeah, I, I I guess. And he like decided to run backwards. Yeah, I guess you could call it a sack just to be nice to him, but I don't think it was recorded as one. To be completely honest with you. Yeah, 
and this is kind of turning into a, a theme now, but and he had the one pass block, and that's literally it. Aiden Hutchinson was a ghost. He got no push off the ball, no pressure, was not even remotely close to even touching or pressuring. I don't want to hear that he got six freaking pressures in the first game one more time because he was getting pushed backwards all day long. Uh, another name I want to I want to kind of shit on is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's played two games for the Lions, and he's managed to be my least favorite player already, even though I think he's a good <laughs> player. Um, penalties, just like, I don't know, man. Just shut your mouth. Uh, it's just uh, – I think the big mouth thing is, is hurting him so far. Uh, he's a great player, and I do love, like, you got to have the moxie and the attitude, to be honest, to be good, especially at those at a corner or a safety-like position. But he had the big penalty on the first drive that kind of cost him the touchdown. Um, and I just, uh, I don't know, just has a, had a sour taste in my mouth so far. Um, the other one I wanted to shit on. Oh yeah. The head coach, Dan Campbell. I think we could just go into this right now because it's probably the biggest storyline I think from this game is that you have this guy that is Mr. Aggressive. He went for it on fourth down three times in this game. He went one for three, whatever. That's going to happen, especially the way you play with the analytics. I don't know. I'm not. I wasn't crazy about one going for one of those three. The the one early in the game, I thought he should have just taken the points. I think it was fourth and three. Uh, but regardless, that's how he plays. Whatever. I'm fine with going one for three. But then at the end of the game, at the 50 yard line, you've scored pretty much at will, or at least moved the ball at will. And I know uh, Amon Ra was kind of in and out at that point. Montgomery was down. You kind of were quite a little bit of a question mark on who, who was going to be the guy to lead you down the field. But Jared Goff looked nice all game, and he decides to kind of just not – there was no even thought to go for a touchdown with, with the ball at the 50-yard line. No, no, not a single thought. Not a single play call was directed towards the end zone. I don't get it. You had the field goal with um, – uh, I don't know, a minute and a half left. They probably were in field goal range, a minute left. And he just let the clock go down and played for overtime. You can't do that when you want to be, you want me to say, oh yeah, I love how Dan Campbell coaches. He coaches aggressive. Then you can't do that shit. It'd be one thing if, if, if he is Mr. Passive and whatever we play, we play this defensive, but no, you want to live and die by playing aggressive. You have to when it's actually reasonable to go and be semi-aggressive, not even really aggressive, just take a slight chance. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll take over as you take a sip of water and get your voice back, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll pick up, I'll pick up off on the coach as well. Um, that, that was a, that was a shambolic performance from him. He continues to call games like he's a 10 year old playing Madden with like no remorse for, or it's not no remorse, but just like no knowledge that special teams is in fact an aspect of the game. I know you, so I'm not going to sit here and say that I had a, I had a problem with what some of the things that he did, but at least I respect the fact that he follows through with it. And it's always being a lunatic going aggressive. And you kind of know that, but then you're right. Yeah. You get into a spot that's there, like wherever they were, the 30, the 40 of Seattle, wherever they were with timeouts left, a minute left, and they stopped trying. They stopped trying. Yeah. It was it was five-yard out route, four-yard curl, four-yard – it was stupid. They completely, they completely threw it away. Not to mention you've got – so here's another thing I understand. If you don't trust Riley Patterson to kick the ball for you in the first quarter, why do you trust him to kick it for you in the fourth quarter? I know. Here's another good, here's another good one. If you don't trust Riley Patterson, why'd you bring him back? They, I'm, if I'm almost positive they re-signed him from, I think, Jacksonville this offseason. Why'd you bring him back if you don't trust him? You know what he is. Why do you bring him back? I refuse to believe that Brad Holmes didn't talk to Dan Campbell and said, hey, man, here's this kicker we want to sign. What are your thoughts on him? And he could have said, oh, I don't trust him to kick it from 45 yards out because I don't think he can get it there. Shambolic performance from Dan Campbell. Um, if we're going to stick with coaching, Aaron Glenn, atrocious. Aaron Ooh. Glenn sucks. Um, if we're going to stick with the defensive side, um, I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with Aiden Hutchinson. Ghost. Yeah. 
ghost. I mean, yeah, he had the cool ghost. deflection that was really nice of him. The one. Um, he still, I think, in his career has not tackled Kenneth Walker, whether it be college or pro. Yeah, he had. A, he did have a couple really bad misses. There was a couple. Which Kenneth Walker had the. the he had this the weirdest stat line of my life because I feel like he we couldn't tackle him at all, and he had <laughs> he had no yards. Six yards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because all the times that we tried to tackle him was behind the line because we we were close, and then Kenneth Walker just refuses to get tackled for a loss. I don't know how he does it. He's so shifty and it's it's thighs, so impressive. But some big old thighs. Yeah. No, I mean. Hutch, Ghost, and you know what's funny? You've got nothing else at that point because James Houston, gone for the next six to eight weeks. Julian O'Quara on AR. Zach Paschal on IR. You're playing with nobody. You've got it, – it's Aiden Hutchinson and traffic comes, the black sheep of the league. Good luck. You want to complain about how he gets held and how he gets double teamed? It's going to happen every single play because there is no one left to, to, to rush the passer. Also, that defensive tackle that we drafted, the refrigerator, uh, I think Martin, whatever his name is, in the third round oh, we traded up for. He's been a healthy, Kentucky, yeah. He's been a healthy scratch for two games. What do you what do you draft them guys if you're not going to play him? I understand that the the run stopping wasn't really the issue here, but what are you drafting a guy for in the third round if you don't want to you don't want to put him on the roster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Continue with draft picks. I mean, I know Jameer Gibbs got 14 t- – I think he had 14 touches this week, and that's probably around where you want him to go because he's not built like Derrick Henry. You're not giving him 25 carries a game. But yeah. after David Montgomery goes down, the fact that you see Craig Reynolds on the field in the fourth quarter during crucial drives and you don't see Jameer Gibbs, that is criminal. You took him number 12 overall, and you're going to give Craig Reynolds touches over him? Are you kidding me? Jack Campbell. And I hate to use this comparison uh, to go back to Jameer. I hate to use this compare. But look at look at what Bijan Robinson's doing these first two weeks in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean he looks it's great. A, it's a, I mean it's a different scheme. I understand that. And he's I, but like he's always going to be compared to him. Yeah. Oh, but that's, that's what. True. But that's the expectation. I think Jameer Gibbs. If you draft a guy at twelve at that position, that's what you're looking for. What Bijan Robinson is doing right now. Man. And you're gonna get, they're gonna get to play each other on next Sunday. So. Completely agree there. Um, Jack Campbell played, I think, 22 snaps, which is less than he played against Kansas City. How do you take two non-premium positions in the top 18 and you don't play them? What are you doing? What are you? What are you doing? Where, where, are we, where do I go next? Um, I mean. If Brad Holmes doesn't add one or two bodies, whether it be trading for Chase Young or signing some old old man who just is like waiting for a job who didn't want to do training camp, you are going to be in a world of pain because you are not going yeah. to sack the quarterback at all. Just there is no way it's going to happen. You've got, I mean, I mean, it looks like. But well, that said, the secondary. I know there's no pressure, but the secondary was not good at either. You nope. sign guys like Cam Sutton. You let Tyler Lockett beat him all day. Hey, Tyler Lockett's good, but yeah, you had no. You you were missing guys. Um, I mean, Emmanuel Mosley still hasn't played, but you're right. You you got it. They got to be better. Um, Montgomery's hurt, and it looks like he might miss some time there. I think. Well, I think he's day to day, officially, unofficially, week to week. I mean, time for the Craig Two Reynolds show. Yay. Um. I mean, that game was also lost in ways that it should not have been lost. I mean, Montgomery fumbling in the very first drive with a nice, let's call it a 10-point swing, bringing Seattle right back into the game. The pick six, I'm not again. I'm not going to sit here and get mad at it because he get 400 pass attempts without an interception, you're bound to throw one. Like, you're not Jesus. You're not God. You're not above the law of averages. You're going to throw one. Just happened to be in an under, right. like a very poor time. I mean, the the only thing I'm going to say to kind of bring my blood pressure back down is there because it's the Lions and we had like so much hope. I think we've been so reactive to all of our games. After the Chiefs game, we were running around so Super Bowl, yeah, we're playing the shitty Seahawks, we're going to kill them. And then after this, the sky's falling. Um, but if you look at it. In the summer, we said we would lose to the Chiefs and we'd beat the Seahawks. 
earlier we said we'd lose to the Chiefs, beat the Seahawks. We everyone thought the Lions would be one and one after two weeks of football, and they're one and one after two weeks of football. So they're on schedule. And that's just where I think those lofty expectations that we gave ourselves after beating Kansas City is what makes this game so frustrating. But you are where you should have been. You're one and one. You're, the division that you're playing in doesn't look great. The Bears are terrible. I miss Justin, that out. Justin yeah. Fields has regressed, and it's going to get hard for me to defend him if he continues to play like he has over the next two months. The Vikings can't stop anything. anything. And the Packers, while they look like they're probably better than I thought they were, they're still a beatable team. So yeah. it's just – I think there are certainly – things that scare me going forward because like like I like I mentioned so many times you have to get some some bodies in the pass rush it cannot be Aiden Hutchinson by himself um and then the receivers if we've talked about how Amon Ra is such he, he plays kind of like an AJ Brown where he tries to run through contact and that usually leads to him getting hurt because he's not built like AJ Brown it's already caught up to him. He's already he's, he was already in and out of the line, in and out of of the, the kind of the the guys playing. I'm sure he'll be on the injury report now going forward with bruises and soreness and whatever, and he'll play through it because he is a warrior. But if Josh Reynolds is your wide receiver too, you're not a playoff team. No, no. So there's things they got to figure out. There are things that need to be addressed there are but it's not the skies falling which is what I feel like a lot of kind of Michigan was today and listening to people talk it was oh my god we're frauds SOL it's not that yet you got another home game you do have an you have an elite home field advantage you got to make use of it go beat Atlanta and get back on the right track yeah I like that I think that I think that's a good way to end on the line for this week. Uh, your surprise of the week? Um, give me the Chargers losing to the Titans. I know, and kind of in the preview in the summer, I kind of specifically said the Titans are kind of those cockroaches that just never die. Like they, they're always yeah. there playing along with you, but they're we know objectively speaking they're not as talented as the Chargers yet they beat them. And I don't know. Um, I guess the other quick that was shout like out. the weirdest stat line game too. I don't know if you saw some like Herbert threw for over three hundred yards, and I don't think he had a pick. Derrick Henry didn't even run for a hundred yards. Like it was just the weirdest stat line for them to for the Chargers to yeah. lose to a, a a very mid Titans team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That that was just kind of my surprise. Um. I guess I'll give a quick shout out to the Commanders, two and zero. I certainly didn't think that's possible for them. They and they they battled back against Denver. Not that beating Denver is some massive mark because they look terrible. But just quick shout out to them. What about your surprise? Yeah, actually, Commanders. I did a little thing in case we did it. Teams I like or teams that I impress me, and the Commanders were one. That defense is sick. Um, especially that front seven. Um, my, my surprise of the week is the Bengals continuing to look like shit, specifically the offense. Uh, they lose to the Ravens. They get booed going into halftime at home. And now, like, there's two ways you can think of the boos. Are they, is it a bad sports town, Cincinnati, or yeah. is it – yeah, I, I – you answered the question already, so I guess I won't even give the second option. Uh, but it's it's crazy that they have these kinds of expectations like that. Uh, and it's it's kind of becoming Joe Burrow's thing. I know he's kind of missed the last couple of training camps, but it's another year of them starting off slow. I believe they started off 0-2 last year as well. Yes. I'm um, pretty sure they're the only team in the last many, many years to start 0-2 and, and still make the playoffs. So, Yeah. So it's it's again it's not panic time for them, but I thought after how horrible, absolutely horrible they looked week one, especially that offense, three points against the Browns, that they would come back and kind of give you that big thirty-five point game. I mean, they scored twenty-four, but some of that was kind of uh, garbage time at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So 
I was surprised at their lack of, um, I guess, jump after getting kind of embarrassed last week. Yeah. Uh, that's that's my surprise. That's fair. Um, the one thing I want to mention about the booze thing, um, the reason I was so quick to dismiss it, and I, I think I've said it before in the pod, if you're a professional athlete playing a children's game for generational wealth, I'm allowed to boo you. I'm allowed to shit talk you. I'm allowed to say, oh, you can't catch anything. I can't go after your family. I can't make it personal. Family, but if yeah. you play a children's game for generational wealth, you can handle getting booed. That That's just all I want to say. I agree. So I, agree I, I, know, I know we are in agreement. Just, just wanted to throw that back out there. Uh, top game of the week. Uh, I so, so I'm gonna exempt the Lions game just because of the fact that we just spent a long time talking about it. So there's not much more for me to say. Yeah, even I, though I, I had Lions or something. Yeah. The again, the Lions definitely was the best game that week because it was the back and forth. The game that I picked was also sick, but it was just like a tale of two halves. So I picked the Commanders and Broncos game. It's also what I picked. Yeah, I mean. I think I probably give that the edge over the the Giants Cardinals game just because you kind of had that crazy hail mary and you had that quick sliver of oh my god is this going to overtime? But the Broncos jumped out to a twenty one three lead, looked kind of very settled, and Commanders stormed back. Um, Chase Young in his kind of first game back, pretty much in two years, looked great. Um, it looks great, I think though, because that the rest of that D line is so good. That he doesn't have to be a Bosa or an Aaron Donald. And he's not. And he's not. I'm not going to say that, but he still looked great. And, hey, Brad Holmes, why don't you go call him, give him a second-round pick, go put Chase Young on the opposite side of Hutchinson, and then neither one of those guys has to be Bosa if they can feed off each other. Uh, Right. I would love that. But, no, no, that that crazy Hail Mary – the and and then kind of get the two point conversion try to try to take it to overtime. Nice little pass play to Cortland Sutton, who was wide open. Unfortunately, he was tackled before the ball got there. The referees didn't see it. Um, yeah, not, for me, it was kind of unfortunate on, a, on, a, on another level. Had Cortland Sutton caught that, I think he would have given you another three points in your fantasy battle this week, and that would have made it a little easier for Jamal Williams to cover and give you a win which is very big for my tanking. So I was a little disappointed there. Uh, would have liked to get a little bit more garbage time stats for Mr. Sutton, but it is what it is. Uh, commanders walk away. And I guess the only thing that I kind of really wanted to say from that game was maybe a little bit of a question to you is, do you think the NFL could and maybe should adopt kind of a soccer VAR style of review when you're talking about potential scoring plays? Because we all know that like that there was blatant um pi there and that directly influenced the right. end of the game so and i know it's a pandora's box that's why i just kind of ask it as a question i don't think there's a kind of a right answer or like something where like you need to die on the hill but i thought i'd throw it to you yeah to me i i, I still don't like it especially for like those like a subjective call like a a holding or a pass interference i know it's Sometimes it seems like they are objective penalties, but they are relatively called subjectively throughout the game um, based on situation, the actual ref calling it, et cetera, et cetera. Where I do see VAR maybe coming into play is like, did he get two feet down? Did the ball touch the ground? Yeah. Was it a fumble? Like more objective based calls that you could probably get right more often if you did have a VAR system. That I think you could see or that I think would be effective. But I still – how would VAR work for a like a subjective call of physical contact, contact like that? So the way they do it in soccer, and I actually really like the subjective objective because w- with VAR in soccer, if it's like an offside, which is black and white, is he behind the last right. man or not? They don't bring the referee over. They just tell him, hey, man, it was offsides. However, if there's a subjective call where like if there's contact in the box or if there's a potential handball, they'll bring the head ref over to the monitor and he'll get to look at it again so it's kind of basically is not not that's not essentially but is that essentially what they do right now though yeah it's just you you would say they're able to review penalties which yeah uh, then you start to get into how long are these games going to take if we're allowing refs to review everything that's where it's kind of like with var and soccer it's only for potential red cards or goals so like 
we're not gonna we're not gonna mm. review some stupid thing in the middle of the field and nothing came. Oh, so that's why you're scoring play. Okay. Yeah. That that that's kind of my scoring play take is again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. You're right, especially with football where you can call holding on every single play. You can call PI on pretty much every single right. play. You can call false start on every single play. You can call legal formation probably on every single play. So I know that there's a Pandora's box aspect to it. I just wanted to throw it out to you. Yeah, I think that's kind of my – I just have an issue with, the, like I said, the subjective cause of it is a little different. I think the one, like soccer – I think you listed was maybe like a contact in, in the box mm-hmm. to me like even like a if it hit somebody's hand it's still in the same category to me as like was he in or out of bounds or was the ball did the ball touch the ground or not like mm-hmm. those I think are useful and should be used in that situation but and it's it's never going to be perfect we see it year in and year out like obviously that Saints Saints game will forever stick out in everyone's head it they changed the rules for a year and changed it back because of it. Uh, that there's always going to be mistakes and it's never going to be perfect. But how I just think the Pandora's box is so slippery, and okay. it's such a subjective call in general. The way it's called, especially now, that like, what would that process even look like of reviewing it? I know there's some plays that are super blatant and. of the world would call offensive pass interference or defensive pass interference, except for the 1% being the referee, but it's still so relative. Yeah. I think to the situation, if that makes any sense, that it's so hard to be able to institute VAR, even on scoring plays. Yeah. Again, it was, it was a question. Um, Wanted to see the the thoughts and then, I honestly, I kind of had one more segment. I think we've kind of run through everything. I kind of had a nice fraud watch. I, I know I brought it up with Jay Norvell. I, I actually do have a fraud watch for the NFL. It's, it's Justin Fields. Um, it's a guy I've defended very, very strongly in the past. However, again, it's only two games. It's two games. This they is suck. not a. This is they suck. He sucks. And this again, this is not a. Oh my God, you can't get better, but. Through two games, he has thrown as many touchdowns to the other team as he has to his own teammates. He has two touchdowns and two pick sixes. So that's not great, Bob. Um, Like I said, it's two weeks. You've got 15 more to fix it. But if the Chicago Bears, in my opinion, win less than six games or maybe less than five, depending on how he plays in those five wins or throughout the rest of the season – I think he's played his way out of the NFL because in a quarterback class, that's going to be as deep as it is upcoming with Caleb, Drake, May, Michael Penix, does Quinn Ewers turn into a legit first round prospect? What's going to happen with the, the kid from Duke? I mean, there is, there is, there is potential first round talents all over the, all over the first round next year. If you need a quarterback and if you've decided that Justin Fields is not it, because that's what he's shown you, Go get yourself another one. Yeah, they already have the Panthers pick, and that's going to be a top five pick. So, yeah, regardless I mean, of how they do. Oh, that I, I guess I kind of forget about that, but yeah, I mean that's that that's just kind of my my fraud watch. I don't know if you maybe can think of one right off the top of your head if you want to join in, but I had that written down just because it, it hurts me to have to go against my boy. But my boy, you got to play better. Yeah, my fraud watch. God, who should I go with? I have a couple in mind, actually. My fraud watch are the line. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to say that my fraud watch is Sean Payton. Uh, and I, I think there was this expectation that they were going to come in and he was going to make Russell Wilson into the old Russell Wilson. Instead, he's just made Russell Wilson look old. Uh <laughs> I think he's kind of I, – I hated the stuff with Nathaniel Hackett. I know he was god-awful last year as a head coach in Denver, but I don't really love the calling out that he did. I just think it's, like, immature. And if you really – it's insecure, not immature. It's a, It shows yeah. your insecurity for a guy that really shouldn't be or you would think shouldn't be or ha- even have those insecurities. Uh, so I'm uh, – I think they suck again. I think I don't necessarily know if it's Sean Payton's fault. And I think it's really going to end up being ugly in that, like, the egos of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson 
are going to point the fingers at each other if this thing gets much worse here moving forward. I agree. Uh, I, I know I had them listed as a potential implosion team, and they're well on their way of doing that. I think uh, they they play at Miami, I believe, this next game, or maybe they're you know they're definitely at Miami in the next game. Um, a betting man would say that's a loss. Obviously, the NFL, there's no such thing as free wins. We just saw that with Seattle. But a betting man would make would assume they're going 0-3, and, and that's when you're looking at trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, the, as far as a not fraud, and I, this is biased because they've played two teams you could say that they should be and they should be in the fashion that they did. But a team that looks very scary, and I hate saying this, is the Dallas Cowboys. They look beyond scary. They, Them and the 49ers look like no team is going to come within 15 points of them all season. So the Rams actually just came within 15 points of the 49ers, but I... I Sorry. <laughs> no, my I bad. know what you mean. 10 points. Here's, here's my thought process on it. Um... The Cowboys specifically have always kind of been those, I don't want to call them bullies, but they've always obliterated the teams that are below their level. That that I don't think this is new for them. I think yeah. we need to see what they do when they come up against a San Francisco or a Philadelphia or a Kansas City or whoever you think is in that upper echelon of teams. That's when we need to see how the how they play because that's the one thing we haven't seen from them in the past. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's to me it's like the bugaboos for them are what? Dak throws a lot of interceptions and they just don't win the big game. Yep. Dak looked great against a great defense on Sunday. Uh he's got so many toys now. I mean he always has, I guess you could say. But what they did to one of the best supposedly the best one of the best defenses in the NFL was so impressive. What's even more impressive is Micah Parsons is the greatest football player in the league right now. I don't, It's not Patrick Mahomes. It's not, not Nick Bosa. Oh, wow. It's not. It's Micah Parsons. What he does, I don't know how much of that game you watch. He is so noticeable. I've never no, mo, noticed a defensive player more on a screen before than Micah Parsons. He's so fast, so long, so strong. This poor 76 on the Jets was literally just chasing him the entire game. <laughs> I don't even know why he backpedaled. He should have just turned around and ran towards Zach Wilson because that was the best shot he had at stopping oh. Michael Parsons. Yeah, nice little block in the back to send Parsons past Zach Wilson, let him step up into the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. and I, going off of that, it's just we, now that his name's in there, it's like uh, the Jets have to get another quarterback, right? Like, they, the the roster is too good to go yeah. on and play fifteen games with, the with only, Zach Wilson. The, the only game. issue with the, that is what quarterbacks really available because like you you look at kind of the career backups. I mean, you could call Detroit, and that's when it would open up for me a thing of if Brad Holmes dealt Teddy Bridgewater to the Jets for some pick. Let's call it a mid rounder because you're not getting anything higher than a third. Let's or be generous. Fourth, fourth. fourth, I think fourth is fair. If he if Brad Holmes dealt our backup backup fallback plan for a fourth round pick, I'd be pissed. I'd be so mad. I'd be a little frustrated. I'd be beyond that. I think the the name I heard thrown around is uh, especially if things can if things get like ugly fast is Kirk Cousins. He's a free agent this offseason. They're kind of in a weird spot, like as far as where you think the Minnesota would trade him midseason. Uh, I think if it got if it went south quickly, like if this is like we're looking at this team at zero and five in three weeks, I would not be surprised. Interesting. I that so I have not heard. It's that just the name I, I heard thrown around there. So I, that's actually interesting. I'm gonna I I got a friend at work who's a Vikings fan, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him about that and see what his thoughts are because I'm sure he'll he'll he might know a little bit more of the rumor mill, and that I think that'd be kind of cool. I think that's definitely down the rumor mill because, like I said, like the Vikings kind of did come into this year with at least some expectation of trying to make the playoffs. And, I mean, like we said with the Lions, like you can't overreact to 0-2, yeah. uh, especially in the north, the, the way the NFC North looks this year. Uh, so that's a total rumor mill. 
a couple other names I think that I, I've seen are Colt McCoy. Oh dear. Um, I've seen Teddy Bridgewater out there. Um, Where's Jameis Winston? Do Do we know? Jameis Winston's another one I've heard. Um, I think that's a a decent option. I don't know. Would you take Jameis Winston over Zach Wilson? I definitely would. I probably would as well. I think uh, I think you get a higher higher upside. Hey, maybe you can call the Cowboys and ask for Trey Lance again. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I'm. You could you could go with the two. Is that the two three of that year? That was no no. Yes, it was two three. Woo. That's crazy how bad a bust those are back to back. That's crazy. Those hey, are two of the worst players ever. Hold on, if you want to, if you want to talk about busts, Kyle Pitts goes at four in that draft, and then you ready for the string of players that comes next? Parsons is eleven in that draft. It's crazy. So hold on, it, it gets better. So <laughs> t- number five, Jefferson's after- in that draft. Well, uh, no, he was uh, he was the year before. But okay. it, so Zach Wilson two, Trey Lance three, Kyle Pitts four. You ready for this one? Jamar, Jamar Chase five, Jalen Waddle six, Panay Sewell seven, J.C. Horn eight, Pat Sertan nine, Devontae Smith ten, Justin Fields right. eleven, bum, Micah Parsons twelve, God, Rashawn Slater thirteen one of the better left tackles in football. Just that yeah. list of players. <laughs> like 6 through 12 after 1 through 4, or 5 through 12 minus fields after 1 through 4 is crazy. Yeah. I know Lawrence is 1, but. Yep. No, it's it's hilarious. But that was kind of that was kind of my take. Um, I don't really have too much more. I feel like we're kind of right on the brink of hitting the rambling stage. So I think maybe we, we call it here. So we save ourselves and the listeners from banging their head against the wall. But um, I know you have, you have something else you want to add or maybe another topic you want to bring up? No, not really. I just, uh, considering you've gotten more and more, I can barely see you on your screen now. It makes me know that it's getting dark. <laughs> uh, and that the, it's probably bedtime in whatever prison you're living in. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm here to knock on the it. door here. Hey, no more noise. No more noise. Bedtime. My tail. Well, for myself, um, I'm, I'm going to have to think of a catchphrase because Michigan State lost yeah, the right Green last week anymore. and the Lions lost the right this week. So I guess to those who've made it this far, happy Tuesday when you listen to Go this. Blue. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs>